I arrived on the Gold Coast of Africa in 1513, just before they were taken into the ships. Tribal leaders made deals with the pale-skinned foreigners. They captured opposing tribes for weapons and resources. My goal was to make contact with my distant grandfather. All potential time travelers need a vivid access point, or a VAP for short. The VAP has to connect to your bloodline in order for the soul to travel through the space-time continuum. Without a vivid access point, the soul will be lost. A time traveler is trying to understand his ancestral bloodline to save his future. Welcome to Earth Stories. Choosing the correct VAP is crucial for time travelers, along with concurring to the proper protocols. For one, a time traveler cannot interfere with a timeline. They need to be objective, silent, and invisible. Altering a single blade of grass can trigger a domino effect. Such effects can jeopardize humanity leaving us in a more precarious position. Whips and rifles herded the human cattle into a single line. Arms tied behind their back. Metal shackles around their ankles. Women's breasts were exposed and fondled by the foreigners. Occasionally, some stood out of line, refusing to be branded like cattle. They paid for their sin with a lash to the back or a bullet to the head. People got the message, including the women and the children, including the old folks who silently prayed. My distant grandfather, Anthango, was from the Gurun people better known as the Farafara tribe. They have four marks on their face, two on each side. As they boarded the ship, I studied the marks. I saw a few from his tribe until my soul, it pointed to him. He was only 17 at the time with broad chest and, th and really thick arms. Given his physique, his tall stature I'm sure he'll be sold to the highest bidder. Sweat dripped from his face. His eyes held back the tears. His mother wailed and screamed in the distance, only to be silenced with a slap to her face. After the branding, the men were sardined in the bottom of the ship. The woman and the children were taken to the top in cramped, dark spaces with no washroom facilities, men were forced to relieve themselves. In the moonlight sky, you heard the cry of women being used and their babies thrown into the merciless ocean. I felt like breaking the protocol if you know what I mean, and tie the chains around the master's neck. 
Many of the men tried to force their way up to defend their women and children, only to be greeted with swords and bullets. Bodies fell on top of each other. Grown men cried in desperation. And Tanga clenched his fist. But he didn't move. Fire was in his soul, but he did not scream. I reached out and touched his shoulder before my essence lost hold of the timeline. When I opened my eyes, it was August 28th, 1963. I was in Washington, D.C., vivid access point number two, if you're keeping track. My anchor in this timeline was my great-great-grandfather, Felix Coltrane. He was an astrophysicist and a part-time revolutionist. For him, the idea of separate movie theaters, drinking fountains, and bus seating arrangements seemed irrational. He was a man of logic and reason, but it often placed him in prison, or a boot to the stomach, or his back to a nightstick. 250,000 people converged on Lincoln Memorial. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, they They came to hear a speech from the civil rights activist, Martin Luther King. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. How would I recognize Felix in a sea of thousands, I thought. Then, my spirit gravitated to a well-dressed young man with an afro pick in his hair. Five score years ago. Not to be biased or anything, but the Coltrane lineage, if I do say so for myself, we always stood out in the crowd. It doesn't matter the century or the predicament. We strive in muddy waters. As Dr. King preached, my mind was set on April 4th, 1968. Eyewitnesses to the assassination say that Dr. King left his room 306 at the Lorraine Hotel just before dinner to get some air. He walked over to the railing at this spot, and noticing some friends below, he leaned over and began to speak with them. Police say 205 feet away, in a window in a flop house, the assassin waited. Five years from now, after 6 p.m., on the balcony of a second-floor motel in Memphis, Tennessee, a projectile will pierce his jaw and sever King's spinal cord. He waited, police believe, in a bathroom down the hall from the room he rented but four hours earlier. To get a clear shot of his victim, the assassin apparently had to stand in the bathtub, leaning forward to brace his arms on the window ledge to steady his rifle. 
And this was the view he got. He fired a single shot, hitting his target squarely, and then he ran. He'd be rushed to the emergency hospital and pronounced dead at the age of 39. I could fast forward to the tragic day, pull Dr. King out of the way, thus preserving his life. However, the sacred timeline would be fractured, creating a ripple effect, rendering the future unstable and unpredictable. That's the thing about time traveling. Altering events can have repercussions. That's why the Quantum Division was formed. Their purpose is to ensure the integrity of the timeline and to punish those who tamper with it. You have quite the imagination. I gotta give you that. Are you saying you don't believe me? Oh, come on, Joseph. You're a cute guy and everything, but time travel? At least you picked a decent breakfast joint, so you're not that crazy. Don't take it personal, but I have a hard time believing in things I can't see. And if you claim to be a time traveler, where's your time machine? No offense, Candace, but that's the problem with this generation. You only believe in things you can see. In my timeline, the spirit and the physical world is interconnected, and science and the supernatural are close cousins. Because of this merger, we have built a soul-traveling technology that reverses the arrow of time. We cannot exceed our current reality. We can only move backwards within our ancestral bloodline. What do you mean by ancestral bloodline? To achieve soul traveling, we need time anchors. These are individuals in the past related by blood. My anchors were uprooted from the Gold Coast of Africa, shackled on slave ships, sent to Jamaica and foreign lands. Candace, every culture has time anchors, including your Japanese origins. Can I get you folks something else? We're good, thank you. No problem, sweetheart. I'm here if you need me. If what you're saying is true, and I'm not saying it is, why are you time traveling? 100 years from now, history is lost. Most of the books are burned and the archives erased. Not only the records, but monuments were toppled. The triumphs of our forefathers were systematically eliminated. We live in a society divorced from antiquity and we stumble in the dark. Building a future without learning from the past is a fool's errand. That's the motto of the Quantum Division. We strive to chronicle historical events. So let me get this straight. You live in the year 2101, and you're traveling to key events in the past to somehow help humanity to avoid the same mistake? Something like that. So if you're from the future, can you tell me what our waitress is going to say? Ah, uh, you kill me. You watch way too many sci-fi movies. The events my soul gravitates to must be significant. Hopefully I'm not freaking you out. You said you're not allowed to interact because it may alter your current timeline. If the space-time continuum is so fragile, why risk talking to me? I have to confess to you, soul traveling is a lonely endeavor. Sometimes I reveal myself thus breaking the rules, you know, the protocols set up by the Quantum Division. For you, Candace, how can I resist? 
I've never met anyone like you before. Most guys want one thing, if you know what I mean, and then they're gone. I'm not sure if you're a fraud or the real deal. What time is it? It's 8.42 a.m. Turn the TV to Channel 5. In three minutes, an American Boeing 767, loaded with 20,000 gallons of fuel, will fatally crash into the north building of the World Trade Center. Tim, just a few moments ago, something uh, believed to be a plane crashed into the south tower of the World Trade Center. I just saw flames inside. You can see the smoke uh, coming out of the, uh, of the tower. It will instantly kill hundreds of people and trap hundreds more on the higher floors. We have no idea what it was. It was a tremendous boom just a few moments ago. You can hear around me emergency vehicles heading towards the scene. 18 minutes after the first plane, a second plane will crash into the South Tower near the 60th floor. Okay. Okay. Just uh, put, put Winston on pause there for just a moment. Okay, the whole building just exploded from more. The whole top part. Okay. The still intact. People are running up the street. These are dark times. Do not lose hope. And I'll see you soon. no trace of him. I retold this story again and again about this time traveler. Most people thought I had a couple screws loose. Given some time, I was starting to doubt myself. The Lord has been good to me with 30 years of marriage and countless grandchildren. I could complain about the nursing home, my sore back, and arthritis but I held my tongue. I wonder if that handsome time traveler saved the world, and I wonder if I'll ever see him again. I forgot if his mission was to save the world or be a silent observer. Damn it. Can't even recall his name. As I was lost in thoughts, the secretary spoke through the intercom. Excuse me, Candace. There is a young man at the front who wants to speak with you. His name is Joseph. As soon as she said his name, it struck a chord. Joseph? Joseph? It it couldn't be that Joseph. Sure, you can send him in. When you're 90 years old, getting out of bed isn't easy. You have to make sure you don't lose your balance, stumble and break your hip. I've had my share of falls and slips. My husband used to help me out of bed, helped me to make my breakfast, and reminded me to take my pills. On a day that goes by that I don't think of him, wish I had a portal to go back in time, to hold his hands once again, to feel his warmth, to absorb his presence. I tucked my gray strands over my ears and adjusted my walker. 
Visitors were rare. My children and grandchildren forgot about me. Every Christmas, I received the customary card along with daffodils and roses. Cards and flowers can't replace flesh and blood. But I'm tired of begging for their attention. I almost forgot I had a visitor until I heard the door. What's his name again? Come on in. The young man entered. His dark golden skin and piercing brown eyes reminded me of someone. Names, faces, and dates are blurry. Candace, it's good to see you again. His voice was smooth, disarming, and intimate. I remember that voice. But where? Could it be? No, no. My psychologist said it was only a coping mechanism when life appeared imbalanced. Do I know you? He stood by the door perfectly still, like a guard at Buckingham Palace. For me, it was only yesterday. For you, a lifetime. Time is mysterious. It flows in many directions. Moving in closer, I saw the details of his face and the slight smile on his lips. He was right. Time is a mystery. How fleeting. How miserable is time. Excuse me, young man, what is your name? He smirked, relaxed his shoulders, and took a step closer. A part of me knew it was him. The other part tried to talk me out of it. It's me, Joseph. These three words were like flaming arrows, displacing the darkness and connecting the dots. My eyes welled with tears. Joseph? I ran my fingers down his face. You haven't aged. Time is relative and fluid. There is no fixed past or present. Mankind invented arbitrary rules to grasp the unexplainable. He allowed me to explore his face and feel his heart beating in his chest. You lived a long life, and your grandchildren, they have not forgotten you. He continued to speak about me using the past tense. I took a seat on the side of the bed and felt a sharp discomfort in my chest. Do, do you mean to tell me that? Yes, Candace. Here is where your timeline ends. But I didn't want you to experience this alone. That's why I returned. He laid the sheet over me, kissed my lips as I closed my eyes. There's over 7 billion people on Earth. And sometimes we could feel that our timeline, that our life is insignificant when you look at the grand history of it all. But every person living right now has significance. You don't have to have a pulpit to speak on. You don't have to be in a political office. You don't have to be some kind of world leader or celebrity to have influence. That's why I don't like the idea of 
YouTubers and, and podcasters and other people in social media calling themselves influencers. They make it seem that it's, that it's such a grand title that they're influencers and other people are not. I believe that everyone influences each other. In small and in, in grand gestures, we influence. We create a domino effect, either positive or negative. In this story, we have Candace. Now, Candace, she probably thought that her life didn't matter because at the end of this story, she said, well, my grandchildren, they don't care about me. She was probably feeling insignificant, as a lot of us do, but she didn't understand the big impact that her life made. And that's so true. Your life matters. You, right now, your life has incredible significance. Don't think it doesn't matter. The good that you do, the positive things that you do has a ripple effect. It goes places. It creates incredible things, incredible opportunities for other people. This concludes season five. But there is threads, even within this season, as you listen carefully and as you go back. In this story, there's threads that leads into the previous stories. And there is more to come in season six. Because we're not finished. Life is like a whole bunch of threads. You tie one up, and then there's another one that needs to be tied. And it's amazing how one thing connects to something else. And that's what we explored on this season, we, where we talked about time traveling, and we talked about uh, the silver skin freak from the middle of, of, of the earth. A lot of these stories, as I said, they relate to each other. I really hope that you enjoyed the experience, that you enjoyed the time here with me creating these episodes. It's a privilege. I, I really enjoy what I do. And I hope that you got something out of this as well. If it made you laugh, if it made you cry, if it made you think in different ways about this world, I hope it did something for you. And I hope that you will go back and listen to these stories again and again. I do my best to make them timeless. I do my best to make them something that you could hear today and you could hear it 10 years from now. And it's still significant in your life. As I'm taking a break between seasons, I'd like to hear from you. The best place that you could reach me is on Twitter. My handle there is Poetic Earthling. I'd like to know how this season was for you. What new things have you discovered? What are some of the things that you may change? We're all in the state of change. We need to continue to change to be better people. We need to even open up those spiritual windows in our minds. Will you join me on this? Will you help other people to see the world in a different way? Please reach out. I'm so grateful to have Shante from ctamarketing.biz. She has her own podcast, Call to Action. Please check it out. She's incredible. 100 Years From Now Written and produced by York Campbell. Candace was performed by Terry from the Uncanny Robot Podcast. 
The secretary and the waitress were voiced by yours truly. Excuse me, Candace. If you want to keep in touch with the show and receive brief articles about the creative process, then please sign up for our newsletter, The Earthling Report. All of the details is in the show description on your device or on our website, welcome to earthstories.com. Thank you to the following who contributed to the show, such as Tiffany C. Lewis, the head instigator himself, Timothy Kim O'Brien, Brent Stark, Leo Allen from the Voluntary Input Podcast, L Train, Karen from Sheka Podcast, Emily Inkpen, Joseph S. Sabanago, Gord Lanyon, Ichabob Ebenezer, Dark Samaritan, Danielle Novotny, Jay Scott, Chris Woodworth, Deep Into History Podcast, The Storyteller, Graffiti Blue, Taryn from South Africa, Jessica from Echoes in Between Podcast, Alex from the Time for Your Hobby Podcast, My Son, Elijah, York's Wife, Valrika, and My Big Brother, Elvis. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling, and I'll talk to you soon.